Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. God bless and keep. I do want to welcome everyone. Again, this is Street Talk Theology. I'm flying solo today. Got my cold brew right here. Going to take a little sip of that as we go on. Love musing with you guys. Want to get into some stuff that I want to speak about. So I only have, I'm only going to do one segment. So I want to get right into it. Want to talk about the resurrection. Uh, I think it's important. I think it's uh, how we stand in Christ. We have a resurrected Savior. That tomb was empty because he rose from the dead. He is a good God. Um, and I think about this. I want you to think about this. And, and I know I've, I've mentioned this in, in, in sermons before, but it's really interesting. When Peter goes and look into that tomb, um, the biblical writer, meanwhile, as he mentions, that the linen garment was folded nicely. It shows of an orderly resurrection, right? In those days, there was grave robbers. So they would go in there and they would hurry the body up because they wanted the stuff that the body was, was um, clothing because that would be expensive material. But the linen being folded nicely on the side showed an orderly resurrection because our Savior resurrected from the dead and showing uh, he would know his uh, the people would go in there and see this and say this would be not normal. So we are uh, we just praise God for those little details. But anyway, let's talk about resurrection a little bit. The New Testament, as we know, in the New Testament, Paul calls Jesus the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, or better, those who have died as believers. In other words, Christ's resurrection was a foretaste of the resurrection of all believers yet to come. He consecrates the harvest of all believers. This is the harvest of believers that will be brought from death to life, given new resurrected bodies, again, following our Lord and Savior, who rose up out of the grave. Now, and there's a couple of things I, I want to talk about in, in, in thinking about resurrection. And I think it's important for us to know. Now, I want to I wanna use the word of God, obviously. I want to read some scriptures, if I may, and I want to talk about it. Talk a little bit about resurrection, if I may. Now, we should know these scriptures. They're in the 15th division of 1 Corinthians. And it's just so good to be with you guys. I, I really enjoy doing this. I, I know sometimes it's, um, I, just, I just love being on the radio, love being with you guys. Uh, my co-host, Pastor Michael Kenny, is doing well in uh, India. Um, I, I hope to get him on soon. I know he's obviously just, uh, him and his wife just gave birth. Do want to uh, give a shout out to the Christian podcast community. Um, which we are on, uh, thanks to Andrew Rappaport and 
the brothers down there. So we're thankful for that, that we can proclaim the gospel in, in a lot of areas of media. So we're, we're thankful to the Lord for that. Okay, let me read some scriptures. I want to start in the 15th division of 1 Corinthians. Uh, Paul writing. Now, please understand this. Please know this. 1 Corinthians 15 is the first representation of the first writing of the resurrection. Even though the Gospels actually portray the resurrection, you know, with the empty tomb and all that, though those writings came after 1 Corinthians. So when you read 1 Corinthians 15, that is the first, that's the first writing on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, now I make known to you, brothers, the gospel which I proclaimed is good news to you, which you also received in which you also stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I proclaimed to you is good news, unless you believe for nothing. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he appeared to James, then all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also, for I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it, it was I or they, so we preach, so you believe. Let me go down a little bit here to verse uh, 20. And it says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Now, the first two verses here tell us exactly what the gospel is. It's revealed by way of proclamation. It's good news. It is something we receive. It's not something we work for. It's not something we add on. In fact, it's something that makes us able to stand firm. That's why it's good news. On the other hand, today, the gospel has been watered down with man-centered theology. The gospel has been introduced as synergistic. You do for God, he does for you. The question is, what can you or I do for God? The answer is absolutely nothing. With that being said, the gospel is not synergistic, but it's monergistic. It's a work that, that God, the Holy Spirit, does in the heart of the believer alone. That is why Paul proclaims that it's good news. It's something that saves us and something that we must hold on to unless, as Paul says, we have believed in vain. Now, notice what Paul, deem, what Paul deems is the first important aspect of the gospel, and that is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. That's how important the scriptures are. He mentions that twice. And Christ, we know, is the first fruits of the resurrection, meaning, again, that all believers would follow after him. 
This unites God and man. Now, now I want you to hear this. This is something I, I think this is really unique. I, and I read this um, from a guy named Walter Cunneth. And he depicted that the resurrection of Christ unites, as mentioned, God and man. Right. I mean, there's a reconciliation there of God and man. How so? Because Jesus is the God man who, by way of his resurrection, unite God and man, which is embodied in Christ Jesus himself being the God man. What a picture. That is why he is the first fruit of the resurrection. Yeah, there have been others in Jesus ministry that had raised that Jesus had raised from the dead. There were some in the Old Testament that were raised from the dead, but no one was ever raised from the dead who was both God and man. Paul depicts in another place that, yes, he was God, but emptied himself by taking on humanity, basically being made in the likeness of man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even the death on the cross. And God exalted him, accepted his sacrifice for sin and gave him name of above, above all names. That is the beauty of resurrection. We embody what Christ took on in his incarnation. The God-man allows us, humanity, to be reconciled to God. He unites man to God for which he took on for his people. But there's even more to consider, brethren, Sister, as Kenneth depicts, yes, he's God, man, reconciling us, but he also represents temporal and eternal time. How so? Well, he's eternal, as we know, because he's the second person of the Trinity. But he's also embodies temporal time, born of a virgin, in the fullness of time, just at the right time here on earth. That is why us as believers, we live as scholars call in the already and the not yet. We live in temporal time, waiting for the not yet, the eternal time when Christ returns for his people. In fact, born again believers, according to the, uh, to the first epistle of John, are eternal beings because of this glorious work of Christ. And again, to stress the connection of God being reconciled to man. And Paul goes on to say that he appeared after his resurrection on the third day, according to the scriptures, first to Peter and then to the 12. But that's not all. He appeared to more than 500 brethren. He appeared to James and Paul depicts that he actually appeared to him. Now, this is an interesting language that Paul uses here. He appeared to Paul as one untimely born. In other words, he appeared to Paul basically late in life compared to the other apostles. As Paul calls this an act of grace, because he is least of the apostles. He persecuted God's people. And it is because of the grace of God that he is what he is. I am that I am because of the grace of God. And because of that reason, God's grace was not stagnant. But he, Paul, labored even more than the other apostles as God empowered him. But what Paul also says is that the message remains the same. The message of the resurrection of Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, we live in a world today that, that, that is so, ideas change. You know, we've spoken about 
uh, Peter Berger's concept of cognitive contamination as the world just catches these ideas like they were coals. But the, the message of the gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? You know, and, and we know that by, by one man, right, one man, death came. Adam sinned. All humanity had died. All humanity has now been separated from God because Adam, being humanity's federal head, represented our fallen nature. But because of the God-man who knew no sin, became sin, took the wrath that we deserve from God. This is the message. This is the message that we need to hold on to. He takes the wrath. The God-man takes the wrath that I deserve and you deserve. He became sin who knew no sin. So that we become the righteousness of God in Christ. He has now vindicated us through the resurrection, which became effectual, reversing the curse in the garden. What a picture of grace. Again, as Christ is raised, so we will be raised. We are now the harvest that follows the first fruit of the resurrection. Resurrection Sunday allows us to contemplate how important the resurrection is and how necessary it was to reconcile God's people to himself. You know, we've, uh, as we look at this world today, everything is pointing towards the second coming of Christ. Everything is done in orderly fashion. We may think the world is out of control. We may think that things are, are, are going this way and that way. But I want you to think about how we started this, this little segment here. We started about a little napkin being orderly put down in an empty tomb where grave robbers would have went in there and just stole and, and robbed it and took the body and things would be flown around or whatever. But no, this was something done in orderly fashion where the linen was taken and folded up in a corner, showing that everything is under control. God has got everything under control in this world. And the things that are happening in this world, not out of his control, not out of his purview. I want you, brethren to, and sisterin, to rest in that. He's a good God. He's got everything under control. Thank God he does. Thank God he does. Christ is raised, so we will be raised. We are now the harvest that follows the first fruit, as mentioned, of the resurrection. Resurrection Sunday allows us to contemplate how important the resurrection is, how necessary it was to reconcile God's people to himself. And Paul lays this doctrine down as a legal argument, showing the evidence that being in Christ is how God legally reconciles both God and man. The reconciliation, again, is embodied in Christ. He is our representee. Again, Christ, who knew no sin, became sin so weak and become the righteousness of God in Christ. Resurrection Sunday deems us as new creatures in Christ. The incarnation of God becoming flesh is all about reconciliation of creature and creator for which we do not deserve. I want us to think about this. I want us to think about 
how we don't deserve any of this. You know, the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You know, Lord, I, um, the Bible is, says if we repent of our sins, he is so faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And that's the contemplation about resurrection. Again, I can mention it 50 times. He became sin. He was our scapegoat. He was our sin bearer. He was a God in Christ that we do not deserve. He was a God in Christ that came down for his people. He's the God in Christ that we need to serve. He's given us the free gift of salvation. The Bible says all in Adam die. All in Christ are made alive. You are either in Adam or you are in Christ. You will either die in Adam or be made alive in Christ. Now, this message will be played probably after Resurrection Sunday, but that's okay. But that's okay because really, especially here in Desert Sky Baptist Church, we preach Resurrection Sunday every Sunday because he has risen. He has risen indeed. And he has risen to take away our sin, a sin that we have offended a holy God. But he came to take away that sin which we do not rightly deserve. We need to get back to that type of preaching, not some feel good, doubt it, do it out it. We need to let people know that we've offended a holy God, but in Christ, in the resurrected Christ, that's where we stand. That's where we're governed. That's how we live our life in Christ. What a God we serve, coming down off the throne, humbling himself as a man. This is the God of very God, the second person of the Trinity, coming down for his people. Again, a salvation that we do not deserve, nor can we ever deserve. I mean, I can go on and on, but if, but if one is truly a Christian, the good news is that death has no more sting. It cannot hold Christ. It cannot hold you if you are a believer. We must, I must understand the ramifications of what Christ has done for his people. We must never take this for granted. He is a good God. But as we know, he cannot and he will not leave the guilty unpunished. That is why in every gospel message, there's a call to repentance. And repentance is a gift. I pray for the gift of repentance. If someone is hearing this message today, tomorrow, whenever they hear it, that God would grant them the gift of repentance, that they may repent and believe the gospel. It's a clarion call. The Bible says Paul plants, Apollos waters, God grants the increase. May him by grace grant an increase in your life 
If you are listening to this and saying, am I really saved? Oh, brethren, sister, and how we need the gospel. How we beg for the gospel to infiltrate the life of unbelievers. Yes, this is after Resurrection Sunday, but Resurrection Sunday is every day, every minute of this life. We need the resurrected Christ to embody our lives through the Spirit. My time seems to be going quickly, but that's okay. It's a simple message. It's a message of hope. It's a message that we all need to hear. Again, for the third time, Christ became sin, who knew no sin, so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, Resurrection Sunday is a, um, a good day. It's a time in church where you get people that just come maybe twice a year, you know, that they just come on Easter and Christmas. So my encouragement, I know this is going to be after Easter, the Resurrection Sunday. But still, every day, every Sunday, every Wednesday night Bible study, every time you preach the gospel, it's Resurrection Sunday. Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. And we're so thankful that he did that for his people. Or else, or else we would all perish and burn in a real place called hell. But only by God's grace, as Paul says, I am what I am. May God bless and keep you. May he shine his light upon you. And as I say in some of my to the points, that's really straight and to the point. This is Pastor Dominic Romaldi with Street Talk Theology, where we bring theology and bring it to the streets. May God bless and keep you and shine his light upon you. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.